0: covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman writing solo for this edition. Jim was unable to, unfortunately, join us for this episode. But he will be back next week for probably one of the bigger episodes we have ever done on this show, which will be interviewing the owner of the newly, well, at least an owner of the newly announced San Antonio Gunslingers, who are joining the National Arena League after playing a season in the American Arena League. Now, a bit, of, a few things that I want to keep in mind here. Um, from what I understand, and just talking behind the scenes to, you know, Hector Garcia, who is part of that ownership group, who is one of the main voices for it they have their stuff in order guys like i I'm, I'm just going to put it out there it, they it definitely feels like this was a decision the league made not only to move its footprint westward which as much as we gave i saw some of you give crap for this for this move out west but here's the deal you know i know i know some of us in the, that are NAL fans or IFL fans and the IFL went to Massachusetts and there was criticism for that too so here's the thing they, The IFL wants to move east, so the NAL has to eventually, if it wants to keep up, because here's the deal, these leagues are rivals, I'm being honest, if the NAL wants to keep up, you have to at some point find the right suitor to move westward. And from talking with Hector on the side, just kind of with the conversation I've had off air here, it sounds like they are a solid group, that this is a group that really has taken the time To, you know, kind of say, hey, are we ready to do this? And, you know, the NAL thoroughly went through and, you know, gave them step by step, you know, checks that they had to hit. And they did. And the NAL would not make this move, if you ask me, at least post Ontario Bandits, if they didn't feel that this was for sure a organization that was sticking around. And, you know, we all know what happened with Ontario and how that went down. At least, and you know they they want the NAL wants to go west, guys. It's gonna, it was going to happen, and I think this is a group that really is dedicated to the game. Just from talking with you know Hector Garcia and getting kind of some insight from others, this is an organization I think really wants to make this work and is really dedicated to put in the effort for it. So I'm looking forward to what the Gunslingers have in store, and I'm going to save the rest of uh, some tidbits that I had for when Hector's able to join the show, which, again, we're planning on having him next week, guys. So, you know, <laughs> I know it's an inside joke with the NAL and that group as well. Hashtag next week for those that understand what I'm talking about. But next week, I promise you, we are going to have him on with, along with a special guest. Um, and we're going to have a good time. And we'll get to dive in and kind of talk with one of the one of the new owners of a brand new team in this league, and it's an exciting time to think that the NAL is moving westward. Uh, for now, for the rest of this episode, guys, I do have a interview and conversation with Desmond Maxwell, who is the fullback and linebacker for the Orlando Predators. As some of you may remember, Desmond was lead back last year. He now is going to play Iron Man this year, playing two ways. And you'll hear in this interview that he's kind of used to some position changes. So, Sit back, relax, enjoy our conversation, get to know Desmond a little bit more. And you know what? Until next week, guys, it's going to be a good one. Exciting times in the NAL. Now, enjoy our conversation. Join me today on Inside the Walls podcast. I'm going solo for this interview as I get to talk with fullback and linebacker for the Orlando Predators, Desmond Maxwell. Desmond has been playing for the Predators for the last two seasons, going to be going into year three here with the Preds. Desmond, how are you doing? I know you just re-signed with them, so first off, congrats. But how are things?
1: Uh, Things are going pretty well. I'm back at home in Louisville. I just had my first son. August fourteenth, two thousand twenty-one. So that's what I've been doing—nothing but working and taking, well, being a father, just taking care of my child, and just working out and get preparing for Ironman football in Orlando this year.
0: Right, as I say, you got a plenty much of a new adventure there, being a new dad. It sounds like so. um, Yeah, I mean, congratulations to to you guys over there. Really, that that's that's a big step. You know that's kind of crazy um i mean and talk and then talk about surprises as well you know iron man football coming up for yourself you know that's going to be at least in a career wise it's going to be something you'll have to experience i i want to i want to touch with you on this because i do this with every player i talk with on any show i'm on uh, i always like hearing the story of just like football journey um mm-hmm. every, everyone's got a different kind of path everyone's got a different beginning um so how did you how did you get into the sport you love and uh Really, how'd you convert into a fullback in arena? Because that's fullback, running back, fullback in arena is completely different than in any other version of football. So, um the, I mean, I know you weren't originally a running back; you were a tight end in Western Kentucky. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So, how my football journey have had started? Well, I, I always been like an athletic offensive lineman, D lineman, growing up the youth league. So. I played O-line, D-line, linebacker. I just never ran the ball because I was just pretty much overweight. So when mm-hmm. I got to high school, I got my snippet of being a skill player. Like, So I was like a fullback, tight end in high school. So I started playing fullback, tight end in high school. And also, I was a, mainly a defensive player coming out of high school anyway. I was a middle linebacker, so I would get recruited to play linebacker. More than I was to play fullback and tight end in college. So with college coming around and everything, I went to Georgetown. I started off at Georgetown College, which is, is an NIA school here in Kentucky. And I started okay. off there. And they just gave me the choice of, like, because I was a talented player, and they just gave me the choice of what I wanted to do. And I just took, like, I, I played tight end, like, because it was the quickest way to get on the field as a freshman, as a true freshman. Which I got on the field as a true freshman. I was, uh, played quite my freshman year, sophomore year. I started, then that's when I wind uh, wind up transferring to so Western Kentucky University, where I transferred in to play linebacker, middle linebacker. Okay. But they, they gave me the opportunity. Like, if you want to go get on the field quicker, you can move over to the office the ball and we can use it as our H back, which is like a fullback tight end. Mm -hmm. So me having experience at fullback tight end at Western Kentucky, me carrying it over to the arena football league, it was just nothing different for real to me, just because mostly H back and tight end, what I did in my office was blocking. So all I did was just block, and then when I transferred to the arena game, I just carried what I knew at Western Kentucky and just carried it to the NAL, which I try to get better at my blocking and catching and running the ball because you can always get better at each thing mm-hmm. that you that you work your craft on. Right,
0: right. So that, that that's kind of funny that it sets up perfectly for really this coming season. And – you know, you've already jumped around, it seems like to it almost feels like half the half positions, if you will, from your talking. I mean, you're going to be playing fullback or, or fullback and linebacker this year. Um, however, you weren't really asked to do that in the previous two seasons. Now, this announcement that came out in September with the NAL with doing Ironman, you know, you get to now kind of play both those positions you either have or once played. And um, I assume you're going to have to. At least, maybe adjust on some of the uh, training. Like, what? What? Is, what's the? Is there any change in like, kind of like training you're thinking of, or like mentality going into this season? Because you are kind of being asked to do a bit more now than you have in years past.
1: Uh, yeah. So in the training, it's just it's been uh, so this offseason I've took took been taking my diet a little bit more serious than I have in previous seasons. Because I mean. I've only been playing fullback and a little bit linebacker, which in the previous season, but uh, I've took it, took my diet and my training, like a little bit more serious, like not bulk up. Like, I just want to cut a little bit more weight so I can be in shape to play both sides of the ball because it's, it's I ain't played both sides of the ball like this since probably high school. I really ain't had to go back and forth since high school. So It's kind of new to me, but I got to adjust on the fly. I got to do what I got to do to help Orlando win, to bring back wins to Orlando, whether it's playing linebacker and less fullback or playing more fullback and less linebacker. So I'm just working on cutting some weight and getting in shape, getting back in shape so I can be the best Ironman I can be in this league.
0: Right. And that's going to be crucial for you. You know, uh, you're wanting to, I mean, linebacker, you definitely want to be a little more speed. You're intermediate and especially in arena, you know, anyone in the, in any form of the secondary is extremely important. Um, you know, and you're going to have to stay in both ways. And you're right. I, I remember, for example, myself in high school, I did similar thing with, with two way. I actually was a long snapper as well. So like I played all three phases, but you know I imagine like I said a lot of a lot of times you go into college it's more specialization although your case you've been able to kind of roam around and just you know go to where a position's needed and you fill that need you know and adjust your game it sounds like um you know I want I just uh to me I want to ask you as well i players talk you know I, I don't know how much I don't know how much you talk with others in the nal but obviously we have a pretty active community on facebook i know that the iron man rules were very polarizing at the time i mean I, you sounded like you were pretty at least from what i've interacting with you and others you interact you seem like you were you were just you were very much in and gung-ho about it is that the case that you're you're in that you were fully ready just uh that you you like the rule change or is it more that you know i'm just going to do it because i i want to be on the i want to be in the nal and i just uh i'm feeling that you know, that po- that playing
1: itch, if you will? Uh, It was more so of, uh, I like the rule change. I knew it was coming with the coach, with talking with my head coach, he was giving me possible things that could happen next season and everything. I so see. I was already, like, preparing my mind for it. And, like, if you look at it, like, this is my third year in the NAL. So I'm, like, of, well, fourth year I'm like still like kind of new to it fresh to it like mm-hmm. if I remember or not in the AFL you had to learn two positions and they went Ironman as well so it's just like you gotta do what you gotta do but also it's just like they're trying to make the game more exciting that, if that's gonna bring more fans or make the game more exciting why not add that into the game which I feel like it's it's probably going to be the best thing for our league if, if we want to get more fans and more people understand. So, I mean, if we want to get the NAL branded across the United States so people can tune in. So I just feel like I like it. Uh, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to do it. Like I said, I'm going to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. And It's it's just that. It's the new rule. We can't back out of it. It's too, it's too late now.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, the vote happened. You aren't wrong about that. Uh, that's what they chose. So, uh, fascinating. You know, you're already kind of getting prepared. Obviously, Orlando, you know, ownership there is pretty, in, you know, is very much uh, at the forefront from them. You know, Ron Tredico part owning, you know, Nate Sterling as well. You know, those guys have been really movers and shakers in the arena space. So that makes a lot of sense that they would kind of maybe tip that off there. Um, so, I mean, th- it just is exciting to me. You know, I, I find the whole thing fascinating. They're going back to it. Um, and I was wondering part of this too, was how off, how much they'd be able to retain players. Now, so far you're going to be rejoining. It seems like for the most part, a good chunk of your guys are going to be back uh, in Orlando from what you can tell, um, you know, who, who so far you you, uh, you have anyone, you're hoping that you, as the science continue, you want to see back, or maybe someone that's already been on. You're like, Oh yeah, I'm glad to get someone back here that, you know,
1: you had last season? Uh, I mean, pretty much our whole roster. I mean, I really want our whole roster to come back. I mean, we, we can upgrade at certain positions and stuff like that, but pretty much I would love to see everybody come back, but we know like it's professional.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: everybody can come back and rejoin. You're gonna have some of your your bestest friends on the on another team and already. So it's uh I'm just hoping everybody comes back, but we know, like, like I said, it's professional football and people got to do what's best for them and their family and what's best for the, for them. Like I said, like, I just feel like we bring bring the pieces, key pieces back. Orlando would be top tier, would be right where we need to be. We'll be in a driving seat competing with the Jacksonville and the Albany's and the, in the Carolinas, which I seen Carolinas is making good side good signing. Yes they are. Signing our former my former teammate, my brother, DJ. So it's it's gonna be a good season. Like I said, with Orlando, we signing key pieces back and everything. So with our offensive line coming back, defense, hopefully some of our defensive players come back too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like we would have competed if we had the the opportunities and stuff like that, but we'll be fine this year.
0: Yeah, well, I think you guys are Orlando at least is on the right path here. Uh, I've asked Brian Hicks about this um, kind of when we talked about him kind of retiring from the game and just talking about his experience in 2019. You were on both those teams as well. Um, what is something you noticed from last year? You know, even with say, code restrictions or maybe any issues with that compared to what the 2019 Predators were? Because that's been highly talked about, Um and I know some players have had different experiences. Owners were different, and also some allegations thrown around. I mean, you know, what What would you notice between those two rosters, at least, like, say, like, atmosphere or
1: anything like that? I mean, with the two rosters, I mean, it's night and day. We really pretty much, we had, the same roster all season long, last year in Orlando, which, which in twenty nineteen we really didn't have the whole entire roster. Like it was like different quarterbacks each week. You never knew who was mm-hmm. gonna be starting where. Within with twenty twenty we had twenty twenty one. We uh we had our our roster set. I mean we had and bruises and stuff. But with that it's just. That's how get the game goes. You get Nixon bruises, next man up type of deal. So, I mean, last year it was it was pretty good. Like coaches were being active with us, owners, and they was checking in on us, making sure everything was getting handled. Versus 2019, it was just a disaster. But I mean, I can't fault Nate or Ron or coach Bennett for what 2019 season went on. So sure, that's sure. why because it was love. It was family for me. Like at the end of the day, I love Orlando. I love being a predator. They took me underneath their shoulder, their arms when nobody else probably believed in me. But yeah, so it's family. Like I said, like I can't fault anybody else, but it is what it is. It's, it's a new Orlando now. So I'm just excited to be a part of this franchise.
0: The jungle feels like it's back. Last year, I it seemed like the passion was there, and that there is something growing again back in Orlando. So you guys definitely did, as players, you guys did a great job. I think bringing that energy back, and I think this season is going to be even better. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of your runs rumbling down, rumble down, breaking tackles. Uh, I mean. You had some good, you had some good ones there. You got a favorite moment from 2021, you know, maybe like fan experience or like just best play. I mean, obviously you had one or two that you broke for at least 20 plus for a touchdown. Uh,
1: I want to say it was just, so every year I've been in the league, even when I played in Portland, Maine, uh, I could never beat Jacksonville. And it was, just, it's something about being Jacksonville that, They got me going the whole entire year. When we went to Jacksonville and beat them, and when they came to Orlando and we played them, like, it was the best thing. I just felt like beating Jacksonville and beating the teams that were always trying to beat up on me was just like, dang, it feels good to beat them back. Like, it feels good to show my skills and show my talent against teams and winning as well, so it's just it was just that was the great feeling about winning in Orlando. Like even when we lose, lost some games, we played hard, and I never faulted my team for it. I just loved everything about it. But beating Jacksonville was probably one of the best memories because it, hey, like it was just lit, real lit. <laughs>
0: hardcore rivalry and it's it got re-sparked last year so i i think this year you know they're stacking up it looks like right now too uh to a degree so uh that's going to be exciting to see that kind of get rebuilt as we go along uh desmond thank you for joining me today uh thanks for thanks for taking your time here on uh inside the walls for you know our conversation and me and jim if you're here you know he he wished you the best you know we're We're looking forward to seeing you and you and others that come back with you guys, you know, just keeping building the Predators and what's going on down there at the Amway Center. It feels like you guys have something, or at least you're bringing back the energy of what was the legacy that the Predators once made and are trying to reestablish.
1: Yes, sir. I mean, just got to come down and check us out. Like, it's a new new era in Orlando, and we're uh, trying to do something special. So I just look forward to this year just uh, being able to get on the field and play with my boys and be able to hopefully bring a championship well, compete with the others and bring a championship back to Orlando because I feel like that's what's going to happen this season. If we do what we got to do, Orlando will be an NAL champion this year. Take it easy, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Shout out once again to Desmond Maxwell for joining the show. Really appreciated it a lot. I really appreciate getting to talk to any players that have been in this league or that are currently going to be playing. I mean, again, he's going to be rejoining the Orlando Predators, and the Predators have made some solid moves so far this offseason, which really the league has started to ramp up some of its moves and kind of shifting We're kind of getting to see some of the key pieces that are either coming back or switching teams, uh, especially the Cobras. Jesus Christ, the Cobras, the Empire, even the Sharks really are, to me, they're the top three right now that are really raking in the free agent signings at the moment. Uh, The Predators, I would say, have made some solid moves. You know, definitely looks like it's going to be a competitive team. You know, I'm definitely expecting one that will fill the team well. You know, the Columbus Lions right now have brought back a lot of key players too. Um, The big movement and piece on the board right now that we're waiting for that I can tell uh, if he is coming back would be uh, Mason Espinoza. And, you know, I have no idea which team he's going to select if he does come back. Um, Still waiting on that. We will see. You know that if, if in terms of quarterbacks, that's kind of the biggest chip on the board that is waiting. Otherwise, uh, Jonathan Bain going to Carolina—that is a massive move. That he was plucked away from the Jacksonville Sharks. Something to keep an eye on going into the off as well. So, uh, yeah, plenty of movement this year. DJ Myers even going to the Copers Like the Cobras have a lot of good specialty players right now. Um, and they just signed T.C. Stevens as of this recording, too. So, you know, bringing back uh, Special Teams Player of the Year in that regard. So, yeah, a lot of movement going on. The only team that hasn't made any moves, and this really worries me. You know, we have, we have such a high right now on West Virginia kind of being finalized and, you know, the San Antonio Gunslingers coming into the league and expanding west, and the Jersey flight have been silent. I don't know if any of you have noticed, but they have been quiet. And that is worrying me. I'm trying my best, Jim and I are, to kind of confirm what's going on there. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe they're taking it their own way, but, like, there's some signs that we're worried they might not be back. And that would be a shame. You know, I I like the Capital City Clash last year. I, I liked having that kind of rivalry between the flight and the Empire starting to blossom, if you will, because you need to have teams that are consistently there. And... You know, I would hate to see the flight move on. You know, they had a pretty rough year in terms of code restrictions and sales, so I get it if that's the case, but damn, man, that would just be a shame. You know, it would be a shame to lose a team after you just gain what looks to be like you'll be gaining two. You know, it could have been re- could have been an eight-team league, you know, where you could have half the teams then go for the playoffs rather than having an awkward seven. That's not saying that the NAL's done expanding, but... You know, we haven't heard much more traction beyond this, and really the San Antonio Gunslingers kind of surprised both me and Jim. Just uh, no one saw that one coming, I think. So could be wrong. Something could change. I, I hope that the flight is still around. I really do. But, you know, if the, if nothing's moving here and if we get a schedule drops and you don't see them on there, it, it wouldn't surprise me, unless I start seeing some signings here soon, guys. And if anyone from the flight's listening, I mean, I I hope I hope you guys feel the team I really do. But if you can't, you know I wish you the best. You know thanks for thanks for the fun. But I'm not saying this is it. I'm just saying that if this is the last we talk of the flight, I hope it's not. Then, you know, happy trails. But something to keep an eye on moving forward. That that I, that's the negative part of this. But really, you know you gotta love that they went to San Antonio still. So plenty of good vibes in my opinion coming out of the league. And it seems like Iron Man. You know, we still had those reactions. I still didn't know if it was the right move, but it seems like people seem to be buying more into it. Maybe it's just that we've calmed the storm. Could be wrong, but it does feel like that that's also being accepted a bit more by the players that are coming in too. So time will tell. We will know. And it's going to be a fun 2022. I Feeling really jazzed. Feeling really jazzed. The, The Gunslingers announcement really jazzed me up here. It's gonna be a blast, guys. Be sure to follow us on our social media at, at @inwallspod. Again, that is @inwallspod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are still working on a YouTube page. We are going to have it before the season starts, so that is going to happen. We just need to, you know, get it done. Uh, Considered our off-season planning too, um, and yeah, plenty more is in the works with the with these shows. You know, come back every two weeks. Next week, though. So come back next week, though, because Hector Garcia and company from the San Antonio Garden Slingers are currently planning to be on the show. So we will get that done. We will have a new episode next week. Don't wait two weeks. We will drop one. I can guarantee you that. Until then, folks, stay tuned. And remember one thing. I'm just going to say it, guys. Don't be a jack out of the box. Sweet and simple to the point this week. Stay tuned.